DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Riley Jensen is going to join us in a couple minutes here. Talk a little college football. Get us ready for the big weekend. We do have the question of the day coming up. Farmington Night basketball star Colin Chandler picks BYU. How does Mark Pope keep doing it? The response is PK. A classic. I've got epic. something that I need to say desperately. You're, you when we need get there. to say it. You got to get this off your chest. Mm-hmm. I actually All wrote right. about it. it. Should be posted later today. We're going to do that in the very next segment. Stay Sweet tuned for that. Goody. Right now, <laughs> Riley joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Riley, good morning. What's up, you sorry dudes? Hey, I got to tell you, you just said Riley joins us. So am I? Am I, am I like a one name guy now? Like that's 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 where we're going with this because that that felt pretty good. It wasn't Riley Jensen on the the Smart Rain line. It was just Riley. Like, well, I had just said that. your name while you were on hold or talking to Yak. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, it's yeah. kind of a second reference. So no, you're not. Oh, uh, you're not Cher. You're not Maradona. You're not. I don't know whoever else. Oh, of course, he goes to I, soccer. I was, I was getting pretty cocky. I was getting pretty cocky. Should the Utes be getting that cocky with Arizona coming up and a lead and a tiebreaker? Yes, I would love. I would love to see the Utes get a little cocky this week. No, I think I think they should have a healthy dose of confidence this week. I mean, the way that they played against Stanford, the way that their offensive line has started to play with the with with the way that their quarterback seems to improve every week in different aspects of his game. I think you should feel really confident if you're the University of Utah right now going to Arizona. And I know Arizona's a team that finally kind of broke through there for a minute. They're probably feeling pretty confident and excited. But the the youth world, in my opinion, right now, as far as this game goes, and if they just play play 65% this week, I think they win. How about BYU? Should they feel confident this week? I think they should. I think you, you should feel confident every week that you can get healed up a little bit. <laughs> I, listen, there's a, couple, there's a couple weeks here where, I mean, really, BYU has, what, three bye weeks here for a minute? They got, or no, two, two more weeks of bye. Um, Georgia Southern's not going to give them much to worry about. They get to heal up this week. Hopefully they'll get their starters off the field the week after that. And then you kind of try and make a statement game against USC, even though USC is not what – what we remember USC as being. The sticker on the helmet is impressive, but it's it's not as impressive as a win as maybe it would have been a while ago. All right, though. So obviously we're just joking there. I had somebody that I really respect <clears throat> their knowledge, which is way more advanced than mine, tell me this person believes Jaron Hall is, yes, an NFL quarterback. What is your opinion of that? I certainly think that his trajectory is that way. Now, look, I also thought I also thought that Zach Wilson was an NFL quarterback. I'm not sure that I knew that he was going to be the number two pick, right? Like his his ability to develop and grow into that position was really really impressive, especially in that last year at BYU. And I think in some ways you could make an argument that Jaron Hall's trajectory is a little bit better right now than 
at this point in his career of starts than what Zach Wilson's was. Um, I, I'm not positive. I'm not positive that his ceiling is higher than Zach Wilson's, but there's no question in my mind that he's an NFL-type quarterback. There's, there's no question. He has the arm. The other thing that he has is he has the athletic ability to, to keep plays alive. And, and in the NFL, they love you to stay in the pocket, and they all talk about how when guys run too much, it messes everything up. And then uh, in the underbelly of the NFL, there's all kinds of offensive coordinators that are just so glad when somebody bells them out of a bad play <laughs> that, they, that they love a guy that can run like Jaron can. And the, the discipline that I like about Jaron – and the thing that I love about Jaron Hall is my criticism of him when he was in high school was that he would turn he would turn football games into what I call backyard football games. So he would he would run around back there, he would change all the rules because he was the best athlete on the field and then he could just throw it to wherever because it was like playing in the backyard. It wasn't you know, one, two, three, stick your foot in the ground and throw a slant on third and four to get you a first down. Or it wasn't this disciplined football that the quarterback position demands uh, on the next levels, right? And I think it's a credit to Aaron Roderick again. And I know that I've been, like, over the top in my credit for him. But, I mean, we're now talking about the second quarterback in a row where I'm seeing major growth in the progression of of talented quarterbacks who were talented when they came in but needed – certain amounts of discipline to, to get better, and I'm seeing it with Jaron Hall. I mean, as athletic as he is, he stays in the pocket. He makes the right reads. He's cool, calm, and collected. I mean, really, he's got everything that you want out of, a, out of an NFL quarterback. How high or how low that goes, I think, depends on how much longer he stays. I, I think it would be a little bit foolish to leave after this year, but I think he probably could. And then I think if he has another, if he has, a, if he puts together another year next year like he has this year, I, I don't think there's any doubt that that he goes into the NFL really, really confident and and willing and ready to compete for a spot. You say he shouldn't go, but if you've got a history of injury and uh, it's a violent sport, when in doubt, should players go? Yes, but I but I think if he were to go this year, you're talking about sixth round, seventh round, free agent type thing. Where I think if he put another year together like that, you're talking about fourth round, third round, second round type guy. Um, right, in, in my opinion. So at that point, then, so, if Hall is an NFL quarterback, Wilson was an NFL quarterback. Hill hasn't been a starter big time, but at least he's played the NFL. You got three of the last four guys going in the NFL, how much he sends that a message to recruits, particularly as you're going in the Big 12. Come here, man. Play for a couple years. We'll make you some money. Look, it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt that when I was growing up, quarterback, you know, quarterback U was BYU, right? And now you start stringing together three out of the last four. You start watching it on national TV. Taysom Hill comes in and, and, and runs some sort of a spread option type of thing, and they're like, and Jason Hill out of BYU, and and then they say and Zach Wilson out of BYU, and then you get Jaron Hall in there, and they're like Jaron Hall out of BYU. Yeah, it it starts to change the momentum, and I think it's important. Just the point that you brought up, one of the things that's going to help BYU to really become like QBU again is the fact that they're in the Big Twelve. I I know for a fact that there's a certain recruit that 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 had a big deal to do with where he decided to go. And he's now committed to BYU, and he's 
he's all in. But if there was any question mark, it was about that scheduling. It was about that conference. And I think, I think you're seeing a whole slew of guys that are that are in the portal that are transferring back and going. God, BYU's not a bad place to play because I'm in the Big Twelve. You know, if you look through the history of the Big Twelve and all the guys that go to the NFL because they compete at the Big Twelve level, all the guys you know in the Pac-12, it's giving guys that are local some really really good options. And if they get on the field and play for BYU or Utah and they play well, they have a chance to go to the NFL. And it's just the way it is, right? Like the majority of NFL players go to P5 conferences. And yes, there's pro players from Utah State that are in a G5 conference and they've done a really, really nice job. But the percentages are better if you're in a Big 12 conference, you're in a Pac-12 conference, you're in the SEC, you're in the ACC. I mean, when I coached at North Carolina State, there was guys that went and got drafted in the NFL who I didn't think were as good as guys that played with me at Utah State or that I played against in the Mountain West Conference. But when when NFL guys are looking at the film and they're seeing their competition, their, their judgment of what they can do on the next level is that he can do it. If he can succeed on this level, he can succeed on the next level. So it's interesting, when the youth went to the Pac-12, we saw a lot of Pac-12 schools adjusting, come in here and start recruiting and taking players. Now, with BYU going to the Big 12, do you think we're going to see the Big 12 adjust and start coming into Utah and taking players? Or do you think this? Uh, we've seen a few guys transfer back in here. Do you think the coaches will, local coaches will get the upper hand here saying, well, look at these guys who are leaving or transferring and transferring back. Why, why don't you just stay in the first place? Well, I think I... I... I, I think the answer is yes to both of those questions. You are going, there's no question we're going to see Big 12 schools come in because BYU isn't going to be a bottom dweller. They, they, it's going to take them a minute to be up near the top or, or in a Utah equivalent situation in the Big 12. But they're going to see some toughness. They're going to see some players. That, and they're going to go, dude, where is that guy from? And they're going to see he's from Provo, Utah. And they're like, dude, why, why aren't we recruiting Utah? You know, and there's going to be guys that come in, but I think this all bodes well for you know this influx of guys that are transferring back to BYU, they're transferring back to Utah, and guys are transferring into Utah State. I think it bodes well for local coaches as well. Like, yeah, come on in, guys, but we've we've got a track record that says when our guys leave and go to your big schools, they all want to come back, and they're going to want to come back. It's going to be a little bit easier to come back if it's a Big 12 or a Pac-12 team, right? It's just a little bit easier because, yeah, you're you're changing from, like, maybe the school of your dreams, and then you got there and it wasn't everything that you thought it was going to be. And then when you shift down, you're still shifting to a really good place. So I, I think the answer is yes. I think local coaches will have a little bit of a story to tell that's going to help local players to pause before they go to LSU, before they go to, you know, wherever they're getting recruited. And and I think also there's going to be more Big 12 teams that come in here when they see the toughness. Because, look, Utah has always been a place where you can get, you know, milk and potatoes. Like, they've always thought, like, man, we can go there, we can get linemen, we can get fullbacks, we can get tight ends, we can get linebackers, right? They haven't necessarily come here for speed, but there's also guys all over the place right now even changing that narrative with Simi Fajoko, you know, out of Brighton High School, going to the NFL and Stanford, and then you got guys like Cody Hagan that are getting recruited by everybody in the country. They're starting to realize that even the skill positions here are are really good. And I think Zach Wilson and Jackson Dart 
have done local quarterbacks here a real favor by playing well on on the next level and then going to the NFL and you know Jackson I think Jackson will have his shots to go to the NFL but the better these guys that are in skill positions play the better opportunities they're going to have that 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 young players here in the state are going to have to play at at big schools in in big time situations at the local schools as great players and then really a chance to play in the NFL I heard one line of thinking that uh, the free transfer actually might hurt some of the you know, pretty good programs and it might aid the top-level programs because the thought of, uh, well, let's see if I can go make it there, you know, the old New York, New York. If I can make it there, I can make it anywhere. So I'll go to these high-powered places, and if I make it there, well, gosh, then I'm on my way. If I don't, well, then I can transfer and not miss a beat. I can come back. And so maybe it doesn't help to get these kids now that BYU is uh, rising up their profile that'll still be as hard if not harder because of this free transfer rule that they go to fill in the blank superpower and if it doesn't work well then I can come back well I think what it opens up the door to is is like okay so Cameron Latu goes to Alabama right and he's playing really well for them right now he's playing tight end he's an example of if I can make it here I can make it anywhere right yeah but but if he doesn't, and he wants to come home in two years, you think BYU doesn't want an, an athletic well, tight sure. end yeah, like Cameron yeah. Latu? Right. Years? So I think it, I think it benefits BYU, and I think Utah State's shown that it can benefit a small school. I think I think what this is going to be is it's just the ability of coaches to understand what the transfer portal is, the ability of coaches to hustle, and to have still had relationships with those guys. Now, I'll tell you an example, and I can't remember the exact player, but there was a player that I was at the All-Poly camp, and he was at USC, and he'd come back to the All-Poly camp and was saying hi, and Matt Wells called him over, and he's like, hey, hey, what's going on? And the kid came over, and he lit up like a Christmas tree. You know what I mean? And the, the kid was talking to Matt Wells. You could tell that they had a great relationship and blah, blah, blah. And um, the kid, the kid leaves, and Matt Wells turns to me and he goes, "You never know, right? You never know." You know what I mean? And I and I think that's what you're going to see a lot of, right? Like you're going to see that these guys are continuing to recruit. Now, you could say, "Is Matt Wells influence?" He didn't say anything inappropriate, other than he was just really enjoying a kid that he recruited, and and he was being nice. You could you could say whatever you want, but. That's going to happen all over the place now because you never know. You never know that a guy that you lose to another team isn't going to be unhappy in two years, and he's going to remember how well you treated him in the recruiting process, and he's going to want to come back to you. And so I think, I actually think that this whole that this whole thing puts even more pressure on on college coaches to always be recruiting. Like they can never stop recruiting. Never, never stop recruiting. Yeah, I mean, that's what I did early on with DJ, like 25 years ago. I was really nice to him because I thought he could be a nice assistant to me to work on the radio. And I thought, okay, I'll be nice well, to I him think, then. And it I worked. Think what's really, I think what's really astute about you and just really forward-thinking and progressive about you is that you understood that your individual accolades were going to happen by having a great team around you, right? And so you understood that from an early time. And, you know, it's very clear very clear that you recruited DJ. I mean, yeah. I mean, even DJ is, you know, in a quiet moment, has just told me how grateful he is to you for all the, you know, all those things that you've done. He, he's an excellent to, role to, player. To bring him into the yeah. 
<laughs> He's a high-level role DJ, player. We, DJ, I didn't mean to talk about you like you weren't there, but, um, <laughs> you know. I'm used to it. <laughs> <laughs> so BYU has a bye. The Utes have a, what, a 24, 24 point favorites over Arizona. So if there's any drama this week, it's your Aggies playing 5-5 five and five San Jose State. Can they beat the Spartans? It looks like the biggest hurdle on the way to winning the division and going to the conference title game. I suppose they could slip up on one of the other two, but on paper this one looks harder. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, this this Utah State team is is not a team that's, like, easier on your heart. I mean, you go to UNLV, you get way down, you come back, and you have a, a pretty big win against a team that's a, a bottom dweller in the Mountain West Conference. I mean, certainly anything is possible. One of the things that I've been noticing about Utah State right now is the timeliness of the defensive plays. And then I'm seeing, and 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 I, and I if if I can just talk about this for a second, Logan Bonner is becoming more confident, and I think it's a direct, it's a direct impact of the play of Tompkins at wide receiver. And here here's what I mean. And Tompkins is like 29 receptions and 219 yards away from breaking Kevin Curtis's record for single season. I mean, there's like four games left for him. I, I, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to believe that he doesn't break both of those records. But when you play with a great player, and I played with Kevin Curtis at Snow College. I didn't play with him at Utah State, even though we both played at Utah State. Um, Devin Tompkins has this huge catching radius. And so when you throw the ball up to Devin Tompkins, it's, it's interesting because in the beginning you're throwing it up to him and he's making all these amazing catches for you. And then what happens is a quarterback is it takes all the pressure off of throwing to him. And so all of a sudden, because there's no pressure to put it in, uh, on a dime to him, you start throwing dimes. And he doesn't have to make those great catches for you because you know that he can make these other catches. And I'm just seeing a real, like, just a real energy. It, it is really tough to stop him offensively. Um, he's, I mean, he has like five or six games this year, over 170 yards. He's electric. When, and, and, and look, if you're a BYU fan and a, U, and a Utah fan, you haven't had a chance to watch a game, Like you should just tune in for a couple minutes this Saturday night to watch him because he's really electric. He's really fun to watch. The Utah State's offense is as fun as I've seen it since they started going back to bowl games year after year after year under Gary Anderson the first time. This offense is really fun to watch. It's a team that's really fun to watch. Um, you know, Rice on the defense – he seems to make timely plays. The defense makes timely plays. And it's just a its a really fun story. It's a really fun team to watch right now. And I'm, I'm certainly hoping – I mean, I know we argued before, you know, that our expectations shouldn't be eight, that this is all gravy, that we're in a bowl game. But, you know, I'm, I'm starting to fall into, like, what you were saying to me before, PK, where, like, yeah, I have high expectations. I want ten wins. I want ten wins. And then if we lose in the championship game, that's great. And then we go to a bowl game, we get 11 wins. I mean, how awesome would that be? That, that's, uh, that's what I want. Uh, now I'll be disappointed if that doesn't happen. I will be disappointed. Okay. We can live with that. Riley, as always, we appreciate it. Well, most of it, except for the part where you talked like I wasn't there. But other than that, we appreciate it. <laughs> but, but we all know the truth, right, DJ? We know the truth. The truth is out there, and the truth shall set you free. And I need one more cliche about truth because yeah, threes is uh, is a literary thing. You got the rule of three. Riley, we'll talk to you again next week. Enjoy the games. Thanks for having me on.
Riley Jensen, College Football Insider and Mental Performance Coach. Coming up next, it's the question of the day. Farmington High basketball star Colin Chandler picks BYU. How does Mark Pope keep doing it? We have got a lot of interesting responses to this, and PK has one thing he has to say. He physically has to get it off his chest. You feel better after you say this? Well, anytime I espouse truth, yes, of course. That's next. Stay with us.